Welcome to the Built on Purpose podcast, where on each episode, we interview exceptional leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, philosophers, and some straight up interesting people to explore their outlook on life, work, and leadership. And now, here's your host, CEO and co-founder of Scouts, Max Hansen. Welcome back to episode 73, the Built on Purpose podcast brought to you by Scouts. I'm your host, Max Hansen, the CEO of Scouts, where we find purpose aligned and performance proven leaders. And speaking of, today our guest is James Yi, founder and CEO of Leaf Trade. James, it's my honor to welcome you to the podcast. No, thank you so much for having me. All right, I'm going to start out with a question. I think everybody starts out with, but this will let me kind of start picking this apart and, uh, and start kind of carving it up a little bit, but... When and how did you get into the cannabis industry? So I probably got in around 2015, uh, which is really, I think, the genesis of when Illinois got started. Um, And for further context, Illinois happens to be, I'd say, the very first of these highly regulated, uh, newly emerging uh, cannabis markets to launch um, in the U.S. Um, So 2015... uh, more or less is, is when I got started. And um, I got my foot in the door really helping um, some of the first uh, dispensaries in Illinois uh, launch um, uh, a group known as Windy City Cannabis, which uh, eventually rolled up into uh, another company called Grassroots Cannabis, uh, which eventually then sold uh, to Cureleaf, which I think uh, many people are familiar with. Um, yeah, so that's, that was kind of my foot in the door in in cannabis. Got it. And you and I had a short period of time. We spoke, I don't know, it was probably a couple months ago, but tell us what it was like to start your business and have your first child so close together. I think you told me there, it was relatively close together. (laughs) Yeah. I, so, um, so I got my start in, you know, helping these plant touching businesses launch, um, you know, I'd say 2015, but I actually didn't launch leaf trade. Uh, the cannabis technology platform until 2017. My son was born Christmas day of 2016. And then a week later is when we launched uh, Leaf Trade officially. So that whole period is just sort of a, a whirlwind and a, and, a, and a blackout for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of cool because we, we just sort of celebrated our, or, or uh, yeah, the companies I'd say officially in a five-year anniversary. Uh, which was kind of marked by that time. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was like having two babies, um, <laughs> you know, a week apart from each other, one, a human child and the other one, a, a business child <laughs> uh, on Christmas, no less. I mean, yeah. not many people are either blessed or cursed with a Christmas birthday. <laughs> yeah. You're so I think he's soon he's going to find out it's a curse, uh, <laughs> uh, when he, uh, kind of puts the two together, but, uh, a blessing for sure. Yeah. Oh, a blessing, of course. So t- uh, your website today, you know, just bruising through just uh, it's it, it, the headline kind of one of the, the captions on it is cannabis e-commerce solve. Mm-hmm. Going back, like what was the original problem you were trying to solve? And, yeah. um, you know, like what talk about the inefficiencies and in the cannabis supply chain, just so that those of the audience that don't know what you guys do. I think this will give them a good understanding of the problem you're trying to solve. And then we'll go into kind of how you solved it and uh, the, the challenges and, and opportunities you saw along the way. Yeah, for sure. So I actually, the, the reason why I got sort of pulled into the, the space is because um, 
um, my previous company also did B2B um, software, uh, which I'm um, not in the day-to-day of, but still on the board of. And, um, you know, the, the original problem I was trying to solve was getting these businesses set up with technology solutions that would streamline their op- operations, right? And um, it's, it's a big problem now, uh, but definitely more so back in those days, just trying to find options. Um, and the, the options were just slimmer back then, right? You maybe had, obviously, the seed to sale software, um, and then maybe a handful of you know, retail POS systems, but really nothing um, beyond that. So that's when I really spent the next, I'd say, 18 months being involved with helping these businesses to grow and, and to build them out. And all the while I had my technology hat on trying to observe, hey, where are the biggest problems, right? And uh, retail POS wasn't really that exciting for me. You know, I felt like anybody can really enter it. And that, that kind of proved out to be true, right? Five years later, there's almost a hundred different um, companies trying to um, fight for that space. Right. Um, and and really just in the day-to-day operations of things on the, on the dispensary level, the biggest problem that, that we saw was the way in which if you were a retail dispensary and you needed to buy products, you know, stock your shelves up with products to make available to your patients walking in or, you know, recreational users walking in, you were just texting the cultivators in the market or, you know, calling them or emailing them or spreadsheeting with them. Like, and usually it went back and forth like this, like, Hey, are, are you in business? Um, what do you have? What can I get? How many can I get? And just back and forth and back and forth, um, often taking, you know, two weeks for a single, uh, order to arrive at a store. Right. And so that's really when I was like, there really is a better way to do this. Technology can solve that. Um, and, you know, pulled a couple of folks off of my uh, previous company and built something really quickly and launched in, in 2017. So really the, the basic problem initially was just to solve um, that back and forth by digitizing it um, and so that it can be uh, more streamlined, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how many, and I, I think this might be a little bit of a loaded question, but I think you'll be able to answer it. How many iterations did it take tell your customers for the first time are like, all right, we've got something here. Yeah. Well, I, I'd say that there was, a, there was definitely a lot of, I was fortunate to be in the industry, right? I was fortunate to have access to a lot of people in the industry, a lot of different stakeholders, whether they're buyers on the dispensary side, cultivators on the seller side. And you know, looking back, I was also really fortunate to be at the ground floor um, of an industry where, you know, back then the notion of a, an MSO didn't even exist yet, right? These people were just trying to be the best that they could be in Illinois. Um, and oftentimes you had people like uh, George Arcos, CEO of, of Verano or Ben Kovler, the CEO of um, GTI and, and really other CEOs of, you know, these massive companies in the early days, you know, sometimes they were driving the delivery truck and bringing it over to the dispensary. Right. And so um, I was fortunate to get a lot of FaceTime and really um, think through and, and talk through a lot of these problems and speculate on how the industry was going to evolve. Um, so really get the, the knowledge for how to build a product 
um, that works for today, for two years, for 10 years from now, and how that pacing was going to happen, right? So I would say, having said that, there, there were a couple of iterations, like the very first iteration was much more of like, a typical kind of Amazon style experience, uh, which really didn't work out too well. <laughs> um, and then really we were able to kind of um, um, sort of uh, customize it specifically for the, the needs of the industry, right? And, the, and the, all the little weird nuances that this, this industry requires, right? Especially from a compliance perspective. Absolutely. What were, uh, and, and there's a lot of them, but what were some of the biggest issues that you ran into early on while you were building your product? Like, um, like an example of one of those weird nuances. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. So, um, you know, the, the, the idea for launching leaf trade, right. Was to really streamline order management. Right. And that's what we were trying to solve. And when we, when we launched it, um, what we quickly realized was, um, you know, anytime like an issue happened with the product, um, you know, let's say there was like a leaky, you know, vape cartridge or something like that. Um, there was really no efficient way for them to, to manage that process. Right. So it's not like any other industry where you've got these, you know, kind of well-defined return processes. Um, you, you know, in, in many of these States, you can't even um, actually take back a faulty product or if you do, you might have some other protocols that are required, like having to destroy the process, the, the product on site and stuff like that. But long story short, um, they need a, a really efficient way to kind of manage that um, um, product issue process. So uh, we built a way where they can um, submit the, the, you know, the dispensary can submit the product issues that have occurred that automatically pings the seller of the issue with all the details that are associated with it. If the seller approves it, they can go ahead and do that in the platform. They can automatically convert that into a credit memo. They get it supplied to uh, the invoice. So these little things that, you know, you probably wouldn't think of in any other kind of normal industry, uh, you know, we had to really account for. Got it. And then tell me, you and I briefly touched on this in our conversation a couple of months ago, but how much of a tailwind did being in Chicago give you uh, just based on, you know, some of the companies you mentioned, obviously based in Chicago, but how much of a tailwind do you, to, hindsight 2020 did that provide you and how much of your success would you attribute to kind of being in the right place? Yeah. I mean, you know, I think at the end of the day, like execution is everything, but you know, I look back and, you know, have to count all my blessings and like definitely right place at the right time was a huge factor. Right. Um, you know, not only was Illinois, I think the very first um, is regarded as the very first of these highly regulated um, markets to launch. But, you know, I look out my window and two to four blocks in any direction, I've got five, I'd say out of the top 10 um, MSOs. Um, headquartered here or, or having offices here. Right. And so, um, that was, I think a huge sort of, uh, benefit and kind of having the ability to interface with them and, um, you know, work with them initially to start and then, um, build technology solutions to optimize their business. Absolutely. And not to take anything away from what you and your team accomplished, but we too have done a lot of business in Chicago or in Arizona, 
Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a fortunate, uh, fortuitous place to be when you're, you know, building this out. And speaking of, um, what is your current footprint? So I, I read, I think most recently, you're currently in 25 states, I think doing about 2 billion in GMV. Uh, is that current today? And then kind of what is your, what's your plan to take over the remaining states as you know, that kind of unfolds? Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's correct. And, you know, I'd say, you know, very early on, I'd say the, the first three years or so, three, four years, um, our bet, our gamble and our focus really was just to strictly focus on these highly regulated newly emerging markets. Because I think um, if you were a technology company back then trying to tap into the cannabis space, you know, you were saying, hey, the, the green rush or the gold rush is happening out, out west, right? Like the Colorados and the Californias. Um, but we decided to be very focused, even when we got pressure from, you know, the media or, or investors saying, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and um, what, what I think the, the gambles paid off, right? Uh, what we found is that these, these um, MSOs have grown to be active in, um, you know, many, many of these states, um, and oftentimes are now entering into what we're calling our, our expansion markets, right? Um, the, the more recreational states out West, right? So as these companies are expanding into states like Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, California, uh, we're sort of uh, organically riding um, that expansion with them. Um, and that being said, of course, we've expanded our team um, to account for those specific states too, which really are um, different beasts than they are out here um, in the in the Midwest and the East. And so our goals really are to, you know, expand further. Uh, we've we've already got oftentimes in these Eastern states um, sixty to eighty percent market share, um, which is um, really exciting for us. Um, and um, you know, our our goals are now to to expand and have a dominant presence out West as well. Got it. And you, you said, uh, I think you said, as we were coming on the call and in podcast today, you have a CRO out in Arizona. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's actually, it's, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt that he loves to golf. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, they're, they're amazing. Uh, you know, not only MSO footprint out there, but they're just amazing single state and, you know, local operators and brands out there that we've been fortunate to uh, build relationships and partner with. Um, and he's currently out there speaking with the Cannabis Association. Got it. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Golfing in Arizona uh, is is a good thing to do, especially right now. It's 80. I just was telling James 80 degrees and perfect. So it's a, yeah. if you like golf, there's a bunch yeah. of golf courses here. Talk about uh, just kind of going back talk about the tech stack needed for cannabis wholesalers in this day and age. I mean, what do you kind of, you clearly, you understand this or subject matter expert, but uh, for, for the audience that doesn't really understand, you know, what's needed and, and why it's needed, just talk about the, the kind of in general, what is needed as a, uh, the tech stack that's needed yeah. to be successful today as a can a cannabis wholesaler. Yeah. So typically if you're a wholesaler, um, a seller on the platform, uh, what we've seen is you're using, obviously, um, you, you, 
in most instances, you're mandated by the state to use um, a seat to sale traceability software. And, you know, sort of the trinity of that um, is the metrics and the, the biotracks and the MJ freeways, right? Um, and then um, you are using um, an accounting software um, and, um, and leaf trade. And obviously, you know, whatever um, other software you might need to kind of manage production and grow, um, those seat to sales softwares a lot of times will have that in their suite of um, solutions. But typically, though, that's kind of like the universe of the technology um, ecosystem that um, Accelerate is utilizing. Now, as you grow as an organization, and oftentimes, you know, get to the enterprise level, which a lot of these MSOs are. Um, they're utilizing ERP systems, um, um, you know, data solutions. Um, you know, if they're an enterprise MSO level company, they're often vertically integrated too, which means that they not only have wholesale operations, but they have retail. Um, so that now opens them up to um, retail level uh, technology solutions that they need, like POS um, and e-commerce that um, interface directly with the consumers. Um, so that's really kind of like the universe of um, the technology landscape. Got it. And then for the most part, uh, I don't mean to talk at a turn here. You know this business better than any of us, uh, most of us. What differentiates you from your main customer? And then what makes you even unique from them? Um, you, you're, you're talking about like our competitors? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, again, I'd say that um, our go-to market strategy was really, I, I think, a, a big piece of what defined how we built our product, right? Um, and so, you know, there, there are a handful of other people that are trying to tackle the wholesale transaction, right? Um, but um, I, I think that on the surface, like, you know, you could put us into one category, but really we're really, really very different, you know, products. Um, and so we've, having come from uh, an area that, uh, where all the MSOs kind of sprouted from, um, we very inherently and very early on had to be an enterprise level solution, right? Uh, so very sophisticated, very robust, um, having to manage a lot of workflows, right? So, you know, early on, as I was mentioning earlier, um, in our conversation, the, the basic problem that we we're trying to solve was streamlining the order management. But as we grew, um, we started to add really exciting um, built-in solutions into the platform, right? So everything that a sales team needs on the wholesale side to, to manage all of their um, sales workflows, right? Dynamic pricing and, 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 all, and all that stuff, right? Um, loyalty. And, and then as soon as these orders are finalized, um, the fulfillment team leans on our platform to manage all of their fulfillment uh, workflows, packaging and um, delivery and all that stuff, right? And then finally, when um, an order is, um, is completed, then the accounting and finance team um, manages all of their workflows within our platform too. And now all three of these organizations, the fulfillment, sales, and accounting finance teams are working together um, in a centralized way in our platform 
Um, and, and so I think that it's workflow management. And then now at this stage, the automation of workflow so that you can really throw rocket fuel um, as you scale, um, I think is what, what sets, us, sets us apart from the other platforms out there who are really, I think, more focused on just kind of like an e-commerce experience, right? Kind of like, um, you know, just sort of like an Amazon type of just the front end experience, right? Where it's like, hey, shopping, um, here are the products, here's the product discovery and all that stuff, which we have. But the power of Leaf Trade is really the back end um, operations. And, and talk about, we, you know, you briefly touched on this, but I think it's important. And as I like look at your background, it makes me feel old because I'm quite a bit older than you, but talk about how your background helped you uh, excel in kind of cannabis fintech, you know, starting with probably your last role was super instrumental where you're still set on the board, I believe it next to me. Yeah. But talk about how that experience in, you know, building B2B software, like what elements kind of helped what elements didn't help, like what things didn't apply uh, to this industry. And then anything before, um, you know, that you did before, where did that come into play, you know, from an experience standpoint? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, the cool thing about next me, my previous, uh, company is, you know, we've grown that into a, a profitable company with, you know, ha- not having raised any capital. Right. But it, it was sort of much, much more of a longer play, uh, because we were really figuring everything out, um, from scratch. So it was kind of a really nice kind of, uh, experiment to kind of learn all of the things, um, uh, a, a sort of. Uh, university, if you will, <laughs> of, you know, startup. Um, so, you know, I think that um, building a team um, was, I think, the the biggest lesson that we learned out of that experience. You know, you really got to, to build the right team in a, in a really well-rounded team that's um, complementary to, you know, your own skills. Um, and then, you know, having the opportunity to talk directly to customers um, and, you know, solving, you know, problems at, at its root, right? I think um, there's, there's so many companies today that aren't customer and product centric where that's everything for us, right? And it was really, you know, being on the ground floor next to me very early on was a very, um, you know, restaurant centric um, company where, our, you know, our customer base was mostly restaurants. Now we've expanded into a lot of other industries, but um, it was great just walking into restaurants and talking to the owners and figuring out what their pain points were, drawing it out from a product perspective um, and really having that, that customer empathy. So I think those are probably the biggest really lessons that and takeaways from that experience that I've brought over um, to Leaf Trade. Um, yeah. And when you, um, thanks for sharing that. And when you, when you think about where you are with the leaf trade team today, what are you most proud of? Um, the, the company, just the leaf trade company in general, it's most definitely the team (laughs) bar none, right? We, um, you know, we, um, I'm still, you know, we're at over 40 now we expect to be at, um, nearly 70 people by the end of this year. And I know that at some point I may not, um, 
I may no longer be involved with, you know, interviewing every single person that comes in, but I still like to be very much involved in that today um, with everybody that comes in. And the sort of two things that um, I really look for in every candidate is great communication skills and, and proactivity, right? Um, and that's what we've done today. And, you know, I think we're in a fortunate position where everyone in our company loves working with every other person here. Um, and I think that's testament to just great communication skills all around. Yeah, you're, when you're talking about hiring, obviously that's near and dear to heart, our heart because that's what we do. But what when you when you hire people, how yeah. do you uh, obviously you got to make sure they have technical skills in a lot of these roles. But how yeah. do you do you also how do you see if they have the personal passion for the can of tech industry or for the cannabis industry or does it not matter? Oh uh, yeah, that's that's actually a, an interesting one that we've we've balanced. I think that in in specific departments in our company. Um, you know, cannabis um, experience or, you know, isn't necessarily required, right? Um, I think if you come from, if you're coming in a leaf trade for a product role or an engineering role, it might not necessarily be, uh, mean you need cannabis experience. We've, we've seen that like um, for, for sales roles and CS roles, it's definitely helpful to have come from the industry and have all that con contextual knowledge. Um, but, you know, we, I think one of our, one of our questions that we tend to ask folks is kind of like what their thoughts are around cannabis. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I don't, it's, you're not required to be a user to, to come join our team, but if you have some sort of uh, moral judgment against the space, like you're probably not going to have fun here. So we, we make that very clear to, to people that are coming in. Got it. And, and just what lessons, it sounds like, you know, clearly from building uh, your next me and now building Leaf Trade, what are some of the biggest learning lessons you've had as it relates to hiring talent? I know you talked about communication uh, in, in checking in on that, but anything else that like sticks out that would help our audience as it relates to hiring talent and maybe specifically for, you know, FinTech cannabis, uh, you know, an industry. Um, yeah. I mean, I, again, I think that, you know, this might be a little bit repetitive, but um, it just uh, really, really take the time, I guess, to um, get the right people in. Right. I, I think that there's a saying that goes like, um, you know, hire slow, fire fast or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's really worthwhile, right? Because, um, you know, uh, one thing I think that's beneficial for us to kind of vet people out. Um, and I think something that candidates appreciate um, in kind of learning more about the company is speaking with multiple people in different departments um, of, your, of your company. Um, I think the less afraid you are of doing that or just mindful of folding that into your process, um, you know, really helps you to get more perspective on um, somebody that's new um, that potentially might be coming into your company. Um, and then it gives the candidate an opportunity just to kind of get a more balanced understanding about um, what your company does and the more people that they speak with, you know, and the, the sense that they get that, you know, 
all these people that they've spoken with are really happy at the company. It, it just it just gives them more information uh, to make an, an informed decision. So um, that's that's a part of our process where you know they every candidate speaks with at least one person in every department uh, of our company. I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah I think the. Uh, hire slowly, fire fast. I think if you're intentional about hiring in the first place, I don't think you'll end up having to fire fast, which I think that's kind of where you guys have probably landed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Until in, when it comes to the leaf trade culture, I mean, what are some things that make it unique and special in your mind from your perspective? I know everybody could have different perspectives on this, but um, you know, you're the first employee. Like what, what do you think makes it special for you? Yeah. Well, I think that, um, I think that what kind of comes across here internally is that um, our, our, at least we try, right, to be as transparent as possible, um, top down, right? So we've got um, town halls that we do every month where it's all hands. Um, you know, everybody that's local comes into the office, everybody that's remote um, dials in, uh, in video, and we, you know, go really pretty granularly into, you know, what's, what's happened over the last past month, where do we want to go in the next month? What went great? What were the challenges? Show all the numbers, right? Revenue, uh, expenses, like everything to everybody in the company. Um, and I think that sense of transparency um, and being, and also kind of having these touch points to reiterate what our North stars are um, in terms of um, goals and KPIs. Um, I think creates this aligning effect um, and sense of trust among, amongst everyone. So I think that's one thing that we've um, gotten right. Not, it, it, you know, it took some time to like get into that flow because obviously, you know, when you're early, you got a lot of things on your plate and um, not necessarily enough time to, to fold those things in. But uh, I think we're in, in a place where we're doing that in a very disciplined way. And, and, and I love it. Gosh, well, kudos to you. I think for me, I I think we all as leaders aspire to do that. I feel like I'm repeating myself so often that sometimes I get sick of hearing myself talk about the same things. But I think that's when you know you're actually probably communicating enough times is when you get uh, tired of it. But you're you clearly have been intentionally doing it. So um, I think that's uh, that's been wonderful. What are your uh, what are your thoughts? I'm throwing some kind of curveballs at you now. <laughs> What are your thoughts about big pharma or alcohol and tobacco entering the cannabis industry? Oh man. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound awesome, but, uh, <laughs> I, I also don't think that it's like, um, you know, quite a reality yet, um, at least in the U S so I guess haven't really been thinking about it that much. Right. But you know, nobody likes, kind of like this homogenized, like, um, kind of, you know, that's corporate image coming into this, um, something that's been like a part of the, the American subculture, um, you know, for many decades. Um, having said that, I've seen so many amazing companies that are on the larger enterprise end that are contributing, um, some awesome stuff to, to the industry and helping to move the industry forward, uh, which is amazing, right? Um, and I think that um, being process oriented and being policy oriented um, and then also being like consumer oriented so that there's 
um, you know, a, a breadth and a variety of brands and product types. Um, I think at, so long as all those things are covered, right? Um, I think there's a, I think we'll be in a good place. But yeah, I haven't thought too much about that um, only because I don't think that those kind of um, conglomerates in, in big pharma and stuff like that can actually enter into the US markets at the moment. Um, I know they're starting to do that in Canada. Um, so taking taking things one thing at a, one day at a time. Yeah, that's probably the best way to take it. Yeah. What, uh, I know this is kind of a big question too, uh, but when the day comes that you ever step away from leaf trade, what's the one thing you'd want to be remembered for? Um, I, I want to be remembered for, um, five things if I can, it's, it's kind of like my, my, the five P's I call it people, product process, uh, planet and prosperity. Love it. (laughs) You, you, that one, that's one of those are you can, that's the one thing is those five. So that's totally what you can take it. What's uh, on a kind of more personal note, what, what's the best thing going on in your, on your, in your life right now? Um, let's see right now. I'd say, I mean, honestly, it's, uh, I'd say just watching my kid grow. I mean, he was, he, he really is kind of like, um, a living timeline for me in terms of my experience since leaf trade started. And, you know, he's, he just turned five and, um, was able to get, uh, the vaccine and, you know, summertime almost now in Chicago. It's a balmy 70 degrees right now. Um, and just, you know, seeing him grow and watching him play and go to school and learn things so quickly. It's, uh, it's, it's a joy. So that's, that's kind of like what, um, is a driver for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. I've got, uh, five kids, but I have a three-year-old seeing the life, seeing life through the eyes of a three, three, four, five-year-old is how they're innocent and their questions they ask. Mm. So, so amazing. And what so you, funny and just hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's unfiltered. The stuff that my daughter, who's about four, she tells me, it's just like so funny. It's like, she just doesn't have any of those filters that. Yeah. Uh, just constantly entertained. <laughs> yeah. And just energized by stuff and so happy just to be up every day. I and mean, it's just awesome to see what yeah. do you, uh, you and I talked a little bit about, uh, I think you talked, you talked about you do yoga or practice yoga pretty regularly, but what, what do you do outside of work to keep your life balanced? Cause you know, you're, you're super smooth, very conversational, but I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Clearly you have a family you, you have, um, and then you've got your business and you've got other stuff, but what, what stuff do you do maybe for yourself or do you do, you know, outside of work that help keep your life balanced? Yeah. I mean, you know, to be honest, like balance is a really tough thing. I think if you're um, in, in a position of, you know, having founded and, and leading a company, um, but you have to, right. You have to make sure you think about these things uh, so that you don't burn out. Um, uh, yeah. Yoga is something that I've been very involved in for gosh, over a decade now. Um, I wish I had done more through the pandemic, but I'm actually getting more involved in it now. Um, and really, you know, as far as like, um, physical activities go, I, I, I try to focus on, you know, more, 
less impact sports like yoga and, and swimming and rowing. I just got into recently. Um, I think it's really important to, to do that. Eat, just eating healthy. Right. Um, and, um, you know, I'd say during the week, I don't get as much sleep as I'd like to, but at least one day out of the week, I think you should try and like catch up for it. So, you know, I think on Saturdays I'll, I'll sleep a little bit more. And then also one day a week, I like to, uh, just take a, you know, a nice hot bath for like an hour. <laughs> I also, every day I do, um, cold showers every morning. Um, yeah. it's like, it's like five cups of coffee. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. So little things like that, that, you know, um, that they can help you, uh, get energized. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny when you get older in life and I think I'm about 10 years older than you, but, uh, sleeping in becomes harder. Even if I go out, I don't drink that often, but I'll go out and have drinks, you know, yeah. on occasion. Yeah. I like in my head, I can sleep. Like I've got a whole plan of how I'm going to sleep in and I, I can't sleep in like, it's crazy. Uh, yeah. so hopefully you can. And then I also, when it comes to sleep, I, um, and I talk about this a lot. So people in the audience have probably heard some of this before. I wear an aura ring and I'm, I like it, but sometimes it, maybe it's too much information. Like I, I, yeah. if I, if I don't get enough sleep, then I, if I get enough sleep, I get up and work out at five 30. If I don't, I sleep in and I work out later. Yeah. Um, but it's just funny how I'm like, I, the amount of sleep and the quality of sleep I'm letting, I don't know if I'm letting it manage my life too much, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely helped me feel like I'm more empowered, believe it or not, just to be able to sleep in when I know I didn't get a good night's sleep. Yeah. You know, Max, they, uh, they've got some products that are probably readily available in Arizona <laughs> that, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that help with that. Well, I mean, I've, been, I've been a consumer of the right products to help me sleep. I've been working on my wife. I'm trying to get her the right combo. Like I have different yeah. combinations depending on like, I, it's funny you say that because if I, drink, especially I like to take different, uh, different combo to make me right. sleep better. Uh, and then if I have, but alcohol kills my sleep. That's one thing I can share the data that I, that came out right away when I drink, I don't sleep well. I know that. So there's an alternative to that. And I think that's maybe one of the reasons why we're on the phone and, and we're in this, yeah. we, we have lines. No, that's, that's actually a common, like misunderstanding. People think that like, you know, having, you know, some drinks, it helps you go to bed and it actually disrupts sleep and, um, tip, uh, particularly the, the kind of deep sleep states, um, mm -hmm. that, that are required for, you know, an energizing sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Where did you get your competitive drive from originally? Like, did you play competitive sports? Did, were your parents entrepreneurial? I mean, where did you get, where did you get your competitive drive? Yeah. I mean, I was actually more of an average in terms of athletics. Um, so I, I don't say, I don't think it was from sports culture or anything like that. My brother played football, so he's even more competitive than I am, but, um, I would just say, yeah, I mean, I come from an, a pretty enterprising fa family, like you know, a, a family of in immigrants and, you know, single mother who, you know, built her own businesses. And, um, you know, a, a fun fact is, you know, she, she ran a, um, um, a hair salon, uh, growing up, um, inside of a, uh, a high rise building. And so we'd hang out there a lot. 
Um, and, you know, enterprising, my enterprising self, like seven, eight years old, um, thought it'd be a good idea to start a dog walking business in the building, right? Where there's all with all the customers that live there were clients of my mom, right? And so that was kind of like our first, my first official, you know, business that I started. And yeah, I think that, um, you know, I think that that and just kind of, um, yeah, I think just kind of like the having that experience and exposure to my mom working really hard and wanting to do the same for the for myself and for the next generation is really kind of a, a driving force. Well, your mom being in the hair salon business, does that have is that any reason why you have such long, perfect hair? <laughs> well, the the benefit of that is I've never paid for a haircut in my life, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh yeah, I think that um, you know, she uh you know it's it's funny because you know, prior to I'd say six seven years ago, my hair was always sort of a military cut. Um and, and this is only recent. Right. And, um, you know, I, I didn't think my mom would be so into it, but now she, she loves it. <laughs> She's actually kind of jealous of it now. <laughs> and it, it, it looks the part for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, when you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, let's, I'm going to jump in. We, we have, uh, if you're not familiar with wise cats, we have a leadership philosophy that we, um, use to, you know, kind of measure up candidates and leaders just in general. And the leadership philosophy consists of three, what we call elevated behaviors. One's around relentless learning, one's around developing others, and one's around, uh, driving results. So those are the three things that we think make up the best leaders on earth. And I think you've talked about a lot of them, but, um, just when we talk about relentless learning, what would you say your biggest life learning is to date? Um, I'd say, I mean, I think this is sort of a through line at this point, but uh, I have a saying um, that I, an unofficial saying inside Leaf Trade that I kind of drop um, pretty regularly where it's, um, I say, it's all about the people, right? It's all about the people, right? Like you can't have, you know, a, a business or a product or a service is only um, relevant relative to people, right? And so, and this company, so people from an external perspective from the company and also internal, right? Building um, the team. So um, yeah, I think, I don't know, I got, I got kind of passionate there for a second um, and I forgot your original question. <laughs> well, what was your big, you're on, you're right on. I don't, what was your yeah. biggest life learning to date? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it really is all about the people. And um, the other, the other um, learning that's, I think kind of related to that is, you know, I, I'd say one of my biggest and toughest responsibilities is uh, to look out for the best interest of every stakeholder of the company, right? Whether it's our customers, our, our, um, our team members, our investors, um, you know, it's, it's everyone. And, you know, even I'm sure you're very familiar, even with managing a family and a household unit, not everybody's going to be aligned every single day or, you know, on every single topic, right? Um, not everybody's going to want to eat what you want to eat for dinner, <laughs> you know, on that night, right? But somehow you have to, you kind of have to thread that needle and it's not, 
nothing is black or white nothing is binary right and um that's some i think that's something that's i've, I've learned over the years is that um things aren't as black or white um or as binary as as you might think and you really have to make it people-centric and take make an effort to have consensus and talk to every stakeholder and just try and find the best um best all-around solution yeah yeah you, yeah you know just in the conversations that i've had with you i think uh i think you know this but you're also probably pretty humble but you're you got a lot of awareness you know mo- most people don't naturally think of all their stakeholders they don't naturally think about a decision you know outside the company how it's going to affect inside the company and vice versa it's just amazing mm-hmm. and it's fun to talk to leaders that actually get it and uh you know lead that way so yeah. kudos to you now on to like developing others you talked about your mom so you know maybe th- th- that's going to be the answer to this but who or what developed you the most in life yeah definitely my mom <laughs> i gotta give her a lot of credit and i have to make up for a lot of being a pain in the ass that I've been to her, especially in high school and college years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think, um, you know, my, my mom, I, I kind of take after my mom in a lot of ways. We're both Tauruses and stubborn folks. And, um, you know, she's really, I think, taught me a lot in, in, in the ways of um, persistence and never giving up and, you know, really, um, you know, being people centric, right. That's one of the joys of her job is, you know, cutting people's hair and and talking to people. Right. (laughs) Like, um, and, uh, you know, just really trying to be, um, you know, if you're people centric, that means that, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people think in, in the ways of like good or versus bad, but, um, if you kind of shift that perspective to make it, people centric, I think inherently you're going to come to the, to the right conclusion or the right decision. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, give, give my mom all of the credit, obviously my brother too. Um, um, but yeah, definitely my mom. <laughs> is your, so is your brother older or younger than you? And is, does he still work at your former company that you're on the board of? Yeah. So actually we, he's, uh, he's two years younger than I am. And we started our previous company together. And when this opportunity arose, um, um, for, 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 uh, uh, launching leaf trade, right. It was kind of a fork in the road and, you know, he and I had to have a really, I'd say, um, serious and important talk with each other. Um, and by that point though, um, we had developed that business to a point where, you know, and, and this, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful to him too, where, you know, his response was, dude, like you have to do this. You have to, um, you know, take up this opportunity, um, uh, really, um, you know, follow your gut, um, because it's everything around leaf trade has been so serendipitous. And, you know, he's said, you know, give you my blessing. You got to move forward with this. This is just what an amazing opportunity. Um, and so, yeah, at that point he said, yeah, I'll, you know, we've built leaf trade in a way where I can, you know, 
steer the ship and take be captain of the ship and that's what he did and has grown that business and um you know allowed me the kind of uh mental and emotional freedom to to move in my direction with leaf trade right yeah yeah i've got a brother that's two years older than me and uh i have for unfortunately haven't been able to uh be in business with him but he's a very successful leader so kind of understand that's a that age difference at this point yeah. really puts you at the same age i mean you know what i mean so yeah sounds like a great relationship that you, you still have with him which is amazing what would you say from a, like we move on to kind of driving results is like kind of our, one of our final pieces and clearly you've driven a lot of results and you're moving the ball but what would you say is your biggest success to date oh um just kind of like all around right like personal work everything um let's see i mean honest like honestly like you know having having and and, you know maybe this getting a little too personal but having grown up like not really having a father around like you know having a kid was scary (laughs) you know it's like you kind of doubt yourself like hey you know can i am i up for this especially when you're balancing starting a new business and so I'd say I'm most, you know, first, probably most proud of, you know, you know, just having developed a really great relationship with my son um, and maintaining a great relationship, but also having been able to balance all of that, like balancing the being a father and um, launching a successful business at the kind of, you know, at the same time, (laughs) that's just like astonishing even to to myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, having kids and no matter what your uh you know whether you've had a father around or not is super scary i think the time that i remember is when i first got home or when you first come home with the kids and you're on your own after you've been in the hospital for a couple of days and everybody's helping you and then you get home and you're like oh shit i gotta keep this to this my kid alive like, yeah <laughs> that's, that's where it uh starts to really come real but uh um, yeah the first six months is like you get up in the middle of the night and you're just like, wait, this kid is not crying. Is he dead? You know, or is he breathing? You know, like, (laughs) um, yeah, it's nuts. And like you, you know, as far as the balancing the, you know, family and the, and the business goes like, you know, just, you know, I'm sure I'm not unique, right. A lot of people do this and it's you, you figure it out. Like there's, I think you sacrifice a little bit of balance. Right. But you know, trying to find balance is a, a constant daily exercise. And as long as you're mindful um, of it, you know, you're off to a good start. And, you know, if you break down your life into different areas, right, whether it's, you know, maybe it's business, family, friends, self-growth, like I did have to sacrifice a little bit of like maybe friends, right? I don't get to go out and hang out with my friends or talk to them as much as I used to, but um it, it, it all works out. It all works out. If you got the intent there. Yeah. 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 No, I trust me. I agree. I, as I have gotten older every year, I have less time for, uh, as many friends and have started to realize that, that I want to sometimes I have to reduce the amount of friends that I keep in contact with to make sure that the quality of the relationships that I want. Yes. Is yeah. And so that's actually a silver lining, right? Like it's like, it, it, it brings you more into focus of what's your highest priorities. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. with, uh, and speaking of that, do you, um, 
do you belong to like any peer groups or like, how do you continually learn? You strike me as somebody that uh, continuously learns for sure, but is there any peer groups that you like that help you along or is there anything that you do that uh, helps you continually learn from your peers? Um, you know, not necessarily. Um, obviously like I'm, um, I like to talk to people. So I've, I've got, an, you know, I feel like I've got enough. I'm always talking to new people and in the business, I'm talking to people and, you know, with my team and my family and, and friends, I'm talking to people, but I, I'm a voracious reader. I just, I just love to read um, and, um, and consume knowledge. You know, when, when I was a kid, you know, maybe like eight years, eight, nine years old, um, I got like a world book encyclopedia set. and and I literally just sat down and like I would just like read through whole you know books in 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 the set and that was pre-wikipedia days and and today I think and you know like a lot of other people sometimes I'll get into like a a black hole of wikipedia (laughs) (laughs) um but 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 obviously you know more substantial books and 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 stuff I'm I'm just love to read and audiobooks really helps to you know, consume that stuff in, in another way. Yeah. Yeah. You got, well, I were, we're at the top of the hour. I, I promised myself, I, I had a podcast, I think last couple of weeks ago, the two weeks ago that I totally lost track of time. So this time I kept track of time. I could talk to you forever. Uh, you've been an amazing guest and uh, just to, so I can connect the audience. Your website is leaf.trade, right? If anybody wants to, uh, go to, to leaf.trade. That's yep, the, that's right. Yep. Is, do you have any social media uh, handles or anything that uh, you guys Yeah, use? I would say, I would say the next best place to find us is on LinkedIn. And then also on Twitter, we are at uh, leaf underscore trade. And then on in, uh, Instagram, we're at just at leaf trade. Thanks for listening to the Built on Purpose podcast, where on each episode, we interview exceptional leaders, entrepreneurs, authors, philosophers, and some straight up interesting people to explore their outlook on life, work, and leadership. You can hear any of our previous shows 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. 